0: Reading from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. But we know this, when He is revealed, we will be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is, And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I had a mentor of mine tell me once that we should always be paying attention in life and that when we see something repeated, in Scripture especially, we should always take note of this. That when we're paying attention and we're looking at life with open eyes and open hearts and open ears, that when we're paying attention, God will speak to us in different ways, but especially in his word, when we see the same thing repeated several times. That's God's way of saying, pay attention. That's God's way of trying to get our attention to something important. When you see something once in the Bible, that's important. When you see it twice... That's God saying, hey, 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 are you looking? This is a big deal. When you see it three times, that's basically God screaming, hey, pay attention. They didn't have big highlighters back in Bible days. So they had to, God had to do something to get our attention. I I say when they wrote the Bible, Jesus didn't say to the fellas, hey, guys, I'm fixing to speak now. Get out your red pencils and write this in red. They didn't have that. So God has different ways of getting our attention. And I think one of the ways that God gets our attention, in Scripture especially, is when we see the same things repeated and repeated. That's why I believe we should read the Bible with a notepad with us and make notes of what we see as we read. God's been trying to impress upon me hope, I guess, recently. Because I just keep seeing hope everywhere. A few weeks back, Holly was teaching our Sunday school class. Y'all know how much Holly and I love the class we teach, and how, how much it means to us, and just the joy we get from teaching it. And it was one week we're all supposed to be out of town, but I came back early, and she had the lesson prepared. So I just went and did my thing, where I make smart aleck comments the entire time, and she teaches. So she was teaching, and this lesson was on hope. And something, and the lesson was this: there's a difference between optimism and hope. Because the lesson was on the prophets. If you read the prophets, you're going to see the prophets in the Bible are not necessarily optimistic. I mean, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. The prophets are not always optimistic. Sometimes they're harsh. Sometimes there's tears. There's often pain there. The prophets are not optimistic, but the prophets are hopeful. Because optimism is, despi- is, is defined by circumstance. Hope Is defined by a person, and that person is Jesus. So there's a big difference between optimism and hope. And that really spoke to me because I'm not an optimistic person. I'm cynical. I kind of expect the worst things to happen. You know, I just kind of always expect something to go wrong. You know, that's just kind of my nature. But even in that, I always have hope. Like, I kind of expect things to go wrong. But I always expect God to fix it. Like, I kind of think things may happen that aren't perfect, but I always expect God to make a way. So that concept really kind of nailed me for who I am. I'm not optimistic, but I am hopeful. Optimism is circumstance. Hope is Jesus. Okay. Then, me and Tim were talking recently, getting ready for Advent. Advent's coming up, y'all. We're like, we're like a few weeks from Advent. Like Christmas is coming. You better start shopping now. You don't want your family to be like mine where they get socks and bubble gum. Like you don't want that to happen. So me and we are talking about Advent. Advent soon. And we're going to this year in Advent start focusing. We're going to focus on the traditional themes of each week in Advent. Which one of the first ones? One of the first themes of Advent? Hope. And then what do we see today? We see this. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves as he is pure. Today's passage today It's such a beautiful passage because let's talk about what it's about and what it's not about. This passage is about hope. But you know what this passage is not about? Certainty. This is not a passage of certainty because what does it say in verse 2? In verse 2, it says this Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. But we do know this, when he is revealed, we'll be like him, for we see him as he is. All who have this hope purify themselves. So John here is talking about the resurrection. He's talking about eternity. He's talking about what it's going to be like when Jesus returns. He's talking about these type things. And he says, we don't know what it's going to be like, guys. We we don't fully know. We don't really have certainty about what it's going to look like. We don't really have certainty at how it's gonna work out. We don't really know all the steps for what's gonna happen. We don't have certainty. But what do we do have? We have hope. We have hope. Even if we don't have certainty, we have hope. Because we have Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I I want certainty. <laughs> I mean, certainty makes it easy to plan stuff, doesn't it? Certainty makes things work out. Certainty gives you a, gives you a, you know, a to-do list. Hope is a little bit messier. Hope is a little bit more frustrating. Hope takes, dare I say it, faith. John today is not calling us to certainty. He's calling us to hope. He's calling us to hope. The firsts are always hard, aren't they? The first Thanksgiving after a loved one passes, the first Christmas, the first birthday, first anniversary. First, All Saints Day. John is talking about hope and resurrection. You see across the Bible, even Paul struggles with what eternity looks like. Paul says, and you see it in 1 Corinthians 15, when Paul's trying to define what the resurrection body looks like. He says, we'll have spiritual bodies. And Paul tries to explain what it looks like. And he can't quite put into words what it's gonna be. And Paul keeps going to this hope. So we see here today, John say, we don't know what it's going to be like, but we know that we have hope in Jesus, so we know it's going to be okay. We have hope, but because we have hope doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. And because we have hope doesn't mean there's not tears. Because we have hope doesn't mean there's not sadness. This past Thursday, I was down visiting my, my parents. And um, unfortunately, there is cell phone coverage in Bogotá. So I mean, sometimes when I'm down there with them, my phone goes off. So I was having a phone call uh, Thursday with someone about some stuff in church. And I, I'm a walker when I talk. Like, I like to walk. So if you're driven by the church and see me just roaming the campus, I haven't yet gone crazy, but it is close. But I just like to talk. when I like to walk when I talk. So I found myself when I was at my parents' um, Thursday, I, I somehow wound up at our old pond, which is empty. I'm like, how did I wind up here? And then I kept talking, and I wound up at my granny's house. My, my granny, my, my great-grandmother, my granny, she lived, we all lived basically on the same property, more or less. And when Granny was living, Granny died in 98. When Granny was living, her house was the sun that our lives orbited. It was a liberty house, not much bigger than this chancel area, probably. But it was at Granny's house. We gathered for Easter, and we would eat her chicken and dumplings and, 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 and the, uh, the big cousins would go out back and play football or whatever, and the little cousins would go up front and do the Easter egg hunt. And she had one of those, you know, one of those old metal clotheslines that looked like a T. Granny had one of those. And that's a great place to hide an Easter egg. But you better hope they find it. Because if not, three weeks later when Granny's hanging clothes and she smells the old Easter egg, Granny's not going to be happy about that. And I walked around her old place, and just remembered those days and those memories. She died in 98, y'all. You know what I felt? Sadness. Because once Granny died, every family broke apart and did their own thing. So no longer did the whole family come together. But the Stoddards went here and did their thing, and the Bigners went here and did their thing, and the McCollums went here and did their thing. It's it's okay. It's the way of life. Like, it's okay. But it doesn't mean it isn't sad. And it doesn't mean that we don't grieve. But what does the word tell us? That we do not grieve... As those who have no hope. And even when we have grief, and even if this is your first All Saints Sunday without someone you love, or if it's your 50th All Saints Sunday without someone you love, and you feel your heart saddened right now, and you feel some grief. That's okay. We do grieve. We do grieve because our life is lessened. And we do grieve because our life is a little more sad. And we do grieve because we have lost these things. But Paul Paul says this. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. And we have hope because we have Jesus. And as long as we have Jesus, we will Always have hope. No matter the circumstance, no matter the problem, no matter the pain, no matter the grief, no matter the trials, no matter the worries, no matter the sickness, no matter the health, no matter the nothing. It doesn't matter. As long as we have Jesus, we have hope. Hope is a person. And that person in whom we have hope is Jesus Christ. And as long as we cling tightly to Jesus, then we have hope no matter how dark it may feel. But you know what I'm finding out the longer I live? I used to spend so much of my time in life focused on me holding on to Jesus. You know what I found out recently and I found out throughout the years? I found out that I've gotten it wrong. It's not about me holding on to Jesus. It's about the fact that Jesus holds on to me my grip on him is sometimes weak sometimes I feel it slipping and then I remember it's not about me holding on to him it's about him holding on to me prone to wonder Lord I fear it prone to leave the God I love as the old hymn goes but here's my heart Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. We have hope because we have Jesus. Remember that. Something very tragic happened Friday night. I know you all woke up Saturday morning with great sadness in your heart like I did when you opened up the newspaper and saw that Boca got beat in the playoffs and we were put out. By Scott Central. But those are your people. Scott County's your people. You heard, y'all heard me. He doesn't seem very sad about my, my pain. Yes, the Mighty Bobcat season's over. I know we all grieve, but we have hope of next year. We were terrible. I can't believe we made the playoffs. We were, we, when I grew up, we were awful. We were, we were so bad. We were so bad. My eighth grade year, half the team quit. So to have enough players to field a team, they had to call the eighth graders up just to have enough people to put on the field. We had 13 players on the team that year. Whenever the referee would count for men on the field, he would count the two on the sidelines instead of the 11 on the field because it was quicker. We were terrible, okay? And this happened mid-year. This happened mid-year. So something you know about the Stoddards, at least, at least me and mom and daddy, particularly me and mama, we are people of routine. I tell people I'm a Methodist because I'm afraid of all the water the Baptists use, and I like a method. Like, I like a stru- I'm a structure guy, y'all. I need a structure. I like a to-do list. I got these things down. So that's my family. So when I got called up to the high school team, yeah, we weren't pro. <laughs> Believe me, it was far from pro. It was as it was as far from pro as you could find. When I got called up, you know what that did to Maxine Stoddard? Disrupted her rhythm, her plan, because now she had to leave what she was doing and pick me up after practice at 4:30 on a on a on a weekday. And you know what happened? Our first practice. She forgot because it was out of it was out of her routine. She forgot to pick me up, so I'm sitting there just waiting. One of the coach says, "Andy, do you need a ride home?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'll be okay." So my friends asked me, he "said Do you need a ride? Need a ride home?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'll be okay." And I sat there and waited, and I was never worried. I'm afraid. Because I knew the character of my mother. I knew that she would not forgive me. I knew that she would not leave me. I knew that it might not be exactly perfect, but I knew her character. And I'd be okay. I had hope. Because I knew her. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. But we know that this, when he is revealed, we will be like him. For we will see him as he is. Those who have this hope in him purify themselves as he is pure. We have our struggles and we have our griefs. We have our pains and we have our losses, but we have our hope in all things, in all things, in all things because we have our Jesus. We never fear, we never doubt, we never strain even in the difficult times, because we have the hope that is grounded not in circumstance. We have the hope that is not grounded in the stuff of this world. We have the hope that is grounded in a person, and that person is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We always have hope because we always have Jesus. Never forget that. Let's pray.